Hey, what's going on, Ramley? Welcome to the Rams Skinny here with my guy, Skinny T. I'm Ryan Dyrud. Rams drop a tough one, 19 to 16, a real barn burner, if you will. Uh, I think a good game in terms of, uh, it was, you know, entertaining for maybe a low score, score but definitely uh, some things that uh, we didn't want to see happen. And we thought we were going to do differently when we were previewing this article or previewing this game, but, but Hey, we're excited to, to be joined by all of you talk about it live for a little bit, vent about it and kind of see what went wrong and what can be improved upon. But before even that skinny T what's up, brother, how you doing on this? It's not that late, but for you, it's like eight 30. So it's like what? 1230 for you. And uh, what are you in dog years? <laughs> you know, it's a school night. I like to get in bed early, you know, wake up nice and refreshed before uh, work and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm more of a morning guy than a late night guy. But, uh, you know, we got Monday night football. So here I am. Uh, you know, yep. I, I got that extra shot of caffeine kind of late in the day to pep me up and keep keep me ready to go. And uh yeah, I mean, our predictions for this game uh, looked a little bit different. Uh, you know, we, I, I think, and I still think this was a game that the Rams uh, should have uh, uh, kind of taken away with, uh, mm-hmm. kind of ran away with a little bit more. Uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think ultimately this is, this is one of those games that we, when we were talking about this season uh, that they were going to have to uh, steal some, uh, run through the legs of a couple of giants, as, uh, as the phrase go. Um, this was one that they should have gotten um, just because of where Joe Burrow was, where this uh, Bengals team was, but um, they let this one slip through. Yeah. All right. Can you see me? I don't know. I feel like my internet dropped out there, but can you, you froze me? up a little bit. But yeah. You're back. Okay. Well, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's unfortunate when you, I think when you see a quarterback of Joe Burrow's caliber, the way he's played this season, and then you get him kind of hobbled with the calf injury and all the hype and the improvement we saw from this team, especially how they played against San Francisco and, and kind of going into that and, and being relatively healthy, obviously missing, you know, your stalwart in Cooper cup, but other than that, looking pretty good. And, and even the way they started this game, and then we'll just start with that skinny T like, I mean, that first drive and let's be honest, they got robbed in that call. Like, I don't think Tutu Owls out on that by any means that should have been a touchdown whether that changed the game or not, you know, that you got to get over that. That's the very beginning of the game. But, you know, you you have that drive of not just ingenuity from Sean McVay, but but the play calling was awesome. The the differences in kind of who they were targeting and who was getting the ball in their hands. Like it was just the perfect storm of of offensive prowess on that first drive. And then we, we just didn't really see that the rest of the game. And and it was one of those where we've talked about this a lot and I want to, I don't want to get straight to kind of the negatives, but we've talked about coach McVay and how great he is and, and rightfully so, but we talked so many times and I've pounded the table for it. Just like doesn't want to run the football for whatever means wants to air it out over and over again. And when you start seeing a Bengals defense that is teeing off on this offensive line. And and up to this point, this offensive line has really stood the test and and played phenomenally. But tonight they just really weren't able to withstand this pass rush, excuse me, from the Bengals. And yet you still just keep dropping back and and slinging the ball around instead of trying to run the football. That to me is what's mind boggling about this. And I'm not saying it would have necessarily won the game if they ran more, but you cannot have your running back run the ball 10 times. I'm a broken record, skinny T. I'm a broken record. Top me down for the ledge. Like 
tell me you can win games running the ball 10 times, but I don't think you can. Yeah, no. Um, and it's, it's the downfall fall of, of Sean McVay. And I'll say on the flip side of that is I'll, I always go back to this uh, statistics that, that was touted about Sean McVay early on in his career up through the first, I don't know, four years of his career going into halftime when he had a lead, he won the game every time. Mm-hmm. And what that means is if you flip that statistic on the other side, if you if he goes in tied or losing, that's when he's losing those games. And that's when we're not seeing adjustments being made. Not you're not seeing, you know, uh, against the 49ers, you know, I think both you and I thought uh they were punching uh the 49ers in the mouth with the yeah. run game. They they just kind of stuck with it in the first half. They stuck with it and they kept with it, and they were and they were efficient and they were moving the ball. Uh, just uh, death by a thousand paper cuts. Uh, just moving the ball down the field, making it happen. Um, and uh, you know, so you know, on, on one side, you know, you lose all these games when you're losing at halftime, but he's winning. So we've we've seen it be successful where he comes out guns blazing. Um, you know, and then when he gets Stafford, it's working even more. Um, but still it stalls out and he just does not have that kind of, um, uh, second gear. Uh, he just wants to go for haymakers when you need to do a few combinations. You need to, uh, you know, work the body a bit for a round, you know, like you need to, you need, you need to have a different game plan when, Haymakers are just not landing, landing it. And um, I mean, just another, you know, another example of that, that today. And, you know, I thought coming into the season, a big reason that he brought in uh, LaFleur as the offensive coordinator was to kind of tie in that physicality of the 49ers run game, which was LaFleur's uh, breeding ground. And, you know, we, we've seen it in fits and starts. We saw it in the first game for sure. Um, yep. But when the chips are down, you got to keep, you got to stick with that game plan. You got to, you know, you got to work the body and uh, then lay, you know, throw a haymaker and, and see what that gets you. And he just wants to throw the haymakers and he's got the guy that can do it with Stafford, Tutu Atwell. We saw Van Jefferson uh, make a big play. Uh, we saw Puka Nakua make a, a big play today. And, uh, but, you know, when they were really, really successful is when Puka Nakua was just catching those you know, six yard slants, six yard dig route, you know, just, just making it happen. And um, that's where they they lost it with the physicality of of this game. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to bore people and just be old school and talk about the run and whatnot, but it just, you know, it, it it drives me crazy a bit. And I've said many times, like, I'm not going to pretend to be smarter than these coaches because I'm absolutely not. But, you know, I, I just, during Uh, this game, no, I'm not, I'm definitely not. Uh, but dur- you know, during this game, I was watching the entire game, obviously. But I, we recorded our Salute the Troy podcast. We we cover the Trojans, obviously, here on the LA Football Network. And when you look at the the Trojans game against Arizona State, and you know there were issues in that game or whatever, but the run game was not one of them. And they were able to run the ball at will. Yet Lincoln Riley, as great as an offensive mind as he is, only ran the ball from his two running back 17 times. Marshawn Lloyd ran at 14. Austin Jones ran at 17. They averaged 100 and, or not average. They, they gained a, about 190 yards on the ground between the two of them on 17 carries. That's all they did. And they they were, it. the game was a close game throughout it. And you see this with Sean McVay where you have a running back that is either being efficient or even if not efficient, but just is able to 
wear the defense down and force the physicality. And I don't know what it is about these. And I, I hate generalizing, but about some of these great offensive minds that are, it's almost like a shot to their ego to run the football and they just want to air it out and, and show off the shiny toys and these trick play, not even trick plays, but just show off like these great route combinations and how you, you know, run a, a dig route with the post route overcoming. And then you have a comeback and all this stuff. And sometimes you just need that smash mouth football to complement that. And then you can really show that off even more because if you run the ball 25 times, then you're, it's going to open the passing game. Like it's the most common sense thing in football. And even if you aren't getting efficient yards out of it, like I've said this many times, Skinny, and I know I've, I'll say it again. It's a broken record. If you're on the ball 25 to 30 times, and even if you're getting two yards a carry, which, you know, three times is going to be short of a first down. But doing that enough through four quarters is going to do two things for you. It's going to wear the defense down because it forces them to be physical and tackle. Where passing plays, not every play forces anything. I mean, an incomplete pass no physicality runner runs out of bounds on a short pass, no physicality, a run, no matter what forces physicality. So you're going to wear down a defense. And number two, it's going to make, keep the defense honest to either keep a tighter box, whether that's six to eight men or not keep a tight box. And then guess what? Your running game is going to open up more and going to be more efficient. And so when you run the ball with your lead back 10 times, in a game that you were either leading or down by three, you're just playing into what the defense wants you to do. And it's not allowing you to open things up. And I thought the receivers played well. I thought Stafford played well. I thought the line played okay. They didn't play the first two games, but when the defense knows they can just pin their ears back and rush the QB every single play, you have to start blaming the play calling and not, not necessarily the players. And so that's my biggest frustration. Yet again, it's just why is the run being abandoned so early in these games and not utilized? Yeah, you made me th think of three things, and I'm, I want to mention them all. One, uh, and I'm going to evoke a name that's a, a hot topic right now. Brandon Staley, who is the analytics kind of guy, the guy who thinks uh, through the numbers, he's got somebody in his ear pump, pumping in, uh, you know, what, what, are, what are my probabilities on this uh, fourth down call? Different conversation. But he even says – the run game is what keeps the defense honest. And that's what you have to do. You have to keep one. You have to keep them guessing, um, which McVay has never really been that good at since maybe 17, 18. And then even then we say this, the Super Bowl where um, uh, Belichick does what he does. Um, so that's one thing Two, the Bengals only ran it 19 times themselves, but that was enough to where, they were able to uh, find some seams, find some, uh, you know, gaps that they just, uh, you know, were able to pick up some some big yardage. And there and I think they ended um, uh, Mixon ended with something like three point nine yards per carry, something nothing impressive. Three point four. Yeah. Three point. Yeah. So I think hey, but three of three of those is the first down. Three, three point yeah. four yard runs is the first down. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, and I can't remember what the third thing I wanted to bring up was, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's truly just frustrating because it, it's complimentary. It all works together. It's, you know, it's 11, 11 guys working against 11 guys. And how do you find the mismatches? And um, you know, 
McVay shows what he wants to do. Uh, here's the third thing. It was, this game was never out of control. This game, mm-hmm. like they were never actually really pay, playing from behind. It was always within grasp. It was a one, one touchdown game all the way through up until the very last quarter. Um, you know, the, the big turning point, I would say, was that uh, the injury to Alaric Jackson, um, where he, he was declared out at a certain point in the game, um, and then the pressure just started coming through. Trey Hendrickson, uh, per pro football reference, had two pressures, and he can't, comes away with from, from this game with, I think, four sacks. Um, you know, Stafford had just one sack coming into this game, I think six sacks uh, coming six. into this game. And uh, yeah. so, you know, the, obviously that injury uh, played uh, he, big into this, but that's just more reason that you need to figure out another re, another way to um, to get the ball down the field. Yeah, it just, yeah. And, you know, I don't want to keep harping on it, but it, I think that's the point of conversation is when you're a absolute magician play caller and an absolute genius offensive mind. And Sean McVay is that. And Sean McVay is a phenomenal head coach. I think he's for sure top five. We could argue top three in the NFL. He's built a culture. He knows offenses. He knows how to read defenses and all this. But for whatever reason, he just doesn't want to run the football. And we in week one, they ran it, what? What was it? 37 times between Kyron and Cam Akers, I believe. Um, It was 22 for Cam and like 15 for, I'm terrible at math, but I feel like that's 37. So (laughs) uh, 37 times they dropped that down against San Francisco significantly and then drop it down even more tonight. And so I, I just don't get it. Like it's, you got to run the football. And if, if I go ahead, I feel like you're going to say something. Well, what, what's frustrating about it is it, is it, why do you stop doing it? If it's working, that's the part right? I don't understand. Like that's it, the most it was thing. working in Seattle, the whole game, I think. And then uh, even when it wasn't game. efficient, even when it wasn't efficient, it was working. Cam Akers had 1.3 yards per carry, but it was keeping the defense honest so then they could hit Puka Nakua for those 15, 20-yard gashes. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. So 40 rushes all, all together against uh, Seattle. I know you like to discount the – yeah, so yeah. F- 15 and 22. We don't count the Stafford runs. We don't count the Stafford runs. Those <laughs> 15, are, those are uh, mistakes. Yeah, 15 and 22 uh, for Kyron and Cam in that game. And, you know, thinking about Cam and just kind of like getting, you know, having a a really good, solid rookie season rushing for something like 800 yards, um, you know, and then just kind of falling in the doghouse. Even after, you know, late, late last season, having really solid games, uh, you know, getting into the doghouse, uh, his – McVay's prejudice against the run is working against himself and it's working against his backs as well, because, you know, any athlete works on some sort of amount of repetition and kind of flow and kind of uh, back and forth and kind of, you know, like I'm a big uh, twins fan and uh, we have this great player, Byron Buxton, he gets hurt constantly, but he's a great fielder, great hitter. Um, And one of the, they moved him to the DH this, this uh, year. And one of the, his struggles was, is he has always played the field and batted 
and he he found it hard to do to do one without the other where he could you know stop thinking about the pitcher you know but he's sitting in the dugout i don't know what it, what it all boils down to but when I'm, like we hear like you, we see uh, quarterbacks get hot when they find a rhythm you know they yeah. they're there's just there's just a flow and a rhythm you know drummers talk about it too where they just find the pocket and they're just in the pocket the whole time you know yep. it, there's just something human about this kind of like you know you know kind of a kind of a rhythm and a and a uh, you know that's why i go to bed all the time really <laughs> you know, i got a rhythm <laughs> in my day <laughs> you know there you so, go anyway I, it, it works against his own backs it works against his own best interest yeah. you know it's like we got to keep we got to keep Kyron kind of in the game engaged uh thinking about rushing lanes and not just you know pass protection or you know all of these things you know it's just it, it it's very frustrating because we're seeing other um other offenses really integrate it and and integrate it really well san francisco being one of them we're seeing it with miami um you know, uh, uh, Philadelphia does a really nice job with their running game, utilizing both quarterback and running back. But nonetheless, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, I, I think that uh, McVay is a top five coach because he's a great offensive mind, and he's also a, a great uh, CEO kind of thinker. And he, you know, he loves his players. He loves this organization. Uh, he does such a great job of creating the great vibes and and all of that. But if you let it fall apart um, in the second half, let's say, or, you know, when the game is close, you know, it's, I, that if every coach is flawed and this is his flaw, I guess I would say, man, I, I I just want to, I just hope that the game is not passing him by because as the two high safety Fangio Staley defenses are, are kind of containing quarterbacks like Stafford, Russell Wilson, guys like that, that kind of, lived on you know being able to uh, drop a pass in you know 50 yards down the field um you you got to do things like hit puka nakua at on a eight yard slant um pick mm-hmm. up 13 yards and you have to be able to run the ball and trust that you're doing the right thing and he's just, he just doesn't do that well I, and i think and i don't want this just to turn into a whole negative negative thing because it was a three-point loss it's unfortunate but if before the season started i think everyone would have picked the rams to lose this game um and i think they played valiantly i think what's frustrating is i think they should have won this game based on how well the defense played but i think what is most frustrating when you for me and it, it boils down to the run game obviously we've been harping on now for 20 minutes but his wow. defense his defense Right, Sean McVay is the head coach. Yes, he's the offensive mind, but he's the head coach. Raheem Morris runs the defense. His own defense is basically begging the offense to run and take the checkdowns. Right, like that's the Rams' offense. Everyone hates it. The whole play soft, play this. But I, I, we've talked many times. Like we're in support of Raheem Morris. I mean, they. I think the defense plays well. We look at the the talent they have, and look at they just held. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon to 19 points. The defense played phenomenal tonight. Your own defense that you see every week in practice and that is basically the staple in the NFL today, as you alluded to with the Vic Fangio, Brandon Staley scheme, and, and Raheem Morris runs kind of a variation of that. You see it every day in practice. So why then are you going to just try to air it out the whole time and not run the football which you know the defense that you're playing against wants you to do. 
that is, I think the frustration is like, yes, Sean McVay is an offensive guru in a mind, but you know, he knows this. It's almost like he's trying to buck the trend and say, no, I can beat this. But sometimes it's like, you don't got to beat it like that. Just beat it the way they're giving it to you. Play, play the offense, the way the defense is asking you to play it. And guess what? You might have the horses to beat it. Are you a Ghostbusters fan by any chance? I am. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I always think of this and I, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily work exactly, but it works. It works in my, it plays through my head constantly when this happens, when a team dares you to run the ball, run the ball. And, and the Ghostbusters references, if somebody asks you, if you're a God, you say yes. <laughs> so nice. The team just run. Yeah. If, if a team is daring you to run the ball, you Run the ball and see what happens, and and and, and keep you know we don't need to harp on it any longer, and, you know as 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 well as the defense has played and they're playing above their ability, bunch of a bunch of guys uh, out there uh, you know that have earned their job in this NFL uh, probably wouldn't have a spot on a lot of rosters but are just making their name out there. Uh, they are the liability on this team. Um, they're playing above their level, but. They're not one of the better defenses in the league. Uh, so keeping uh, uh, owning the uh, the uh, time of possession in the game is super important uh, to the defense. Just like if uh, you know you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, you don't want to give that ball back to him. Uh, you don't want you don't want uh, Joe Burrow um, having to uh, go out there and make plays. You know they've got Joe Burrow, they've got Jamar Chase. They got uh, T Higgins. They got you know Boyd out there. Uh, all these guys are playmakers. You don't want you don't want to give them that opportunity to do that with with, with this defense. All respect to this defense, I think they're I think they're doing a great job. But they're but I mean I, you look at it, that Akella Witherspoon interception. It's like you got to get points there. Yeah, and and I well, think I... we we haven't we haven't talked about third downs. We haven't talked about red zone. But hats off to Lou Anarumo. For, for three things, those two things, mm -hmm. they shut them down on third down, uh, which they were, they had a, a second best success rate coming into this game again in third down. Over 65% in third down, they were successful in. Um, oddly enough, they were successful on 100% of the runs uh, on third down. But that's, there's a, there's a statistical thing in there we won't get into. Uh, red, red zone, they were the number one team in scoring touchdowns when they were in the red zone. 83% of the time that they went in the red zone, they, they scored a touchdown. Also, Puka Nakua coming back to earth, uh, five catches, eight targets. Um, they were they were able to really uh, corral him. Lou and Anarumo, if you don't know that name yet, he's going to be, he should be a head coach at some point in the future. He should already be a head coach, but he did a hell of a job, uh, kind of corralling those, those, um, those three aspects, which were what obviously what they needed to do. I don't know if I went on, yeah. on a too much of a tangent there. <laughs> no. Perfect. I mean, how, how great is it though, that three weeks in we're saying Puka Nakua five catches, 72 yards coming back down to earth. Like yeah. <laughs> anyone would have said, you know, great game. Think of that. everyone yeah. would have taken that like, yeah, hands down. That's a, a fantastic game. So, okay, let's, let's shift this now. For the last, you know, little bit we talk, and let, let's look at some positives. You know, me and you are, me and you are upbeat, uh, upbeat, uh, glass half full guys. I like to think this is the Rams skinny. You know, we like to have a 
a skinny glass of margarita or what are you drinking over there? You got whiskey. I saw, what are you drinking? What is that? Yeah, this is a old tub. It's, um, it's a Jim Beam product actually, uh, discontinued. So it's a great deal at top line wine in Glendale, California. If you're in the area, <laughs> look at that old Pretty tub. Fun. I got Evan, I got Evan Williams, even cheaper than old tub, but Hey, um, so let's, let's talk some positives now, you know, Rams fall to one and two. 1916 tough loss ban on the run yada 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 but what did you see uh that you liked about this team because i i think there were some good things to take out of it i think the i mean these guys yet again played their asses off i think that's been the big storyline of this team so far is yeah they're they're a youthful team yeah they're an inexperienced team yeah they might be out talented but so far we have not seen them outplayed in terms of uh just pure work ethic i mean this team has driven every single game. And that is what I will credit Sean McVay as I always will is like, these guys are prepared. They're balling out They're They're fighting for each other and all that, which is great. So give me some things that you saw that you were, you were, you know, bullish on or positive from this tough loss. Yeah. I think that the, the, the secondary in particular, but I think the defense across the board just plays with their, just plays with a hair on fire. I think that they're flying around, they're making plays. Uh, sometimes they're making athletic plays that, maybe necessarily shouldn't be athletic plays, but they're giving 110% on every play. Um, and uh, that's, that's making a huge difference in, in these games, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, all of that coaching staff on the defensive side, Aubrey Pleasant's back, Jimmy Lake addition, uh, yep. Raheem Morris can't sing his praises enough. They're doing the right things. Uh, with the with the guys that they have out there, they're making mistakes, causing some penalties here and there. Um, but I think that uh, yet again they've proved that they are a professional football defense, which is not something that anybody was talking about. They were like, "Who who's Russ Yeast?" Like uh, Russ Yeast. My my new catchphrase for him is he's kneading dough out there. <laughs> Love it. Love yeah. it. That's a shirt somewhere right there. Well, I, I just, but before you get to your next, uh, you know, positives, I just want to reiterate, like, I know Raheem Morris among, among Rams fans is for whatever reason, like, I don't want to say a contentious name, but like a very mixed bag of, of positive or negative reviews for Raheem Morris. And I think three weeks in, yes, this team is one and two. Yes. They gave up 30 to San Francisco, like shocker. But I think most fans, if they, aren't willing to admit it, then they're just hating. Like you have to realize how good of a coach uh, uh, Raheem Morris is seeing the unit he has, the youth he has and outside of pretty much Aaron Donald, Ernest Jones and Jordan Fuller. It is a brand new starting unit primarily from top to bottom. So the fact that he's keeping these in games, 19 points to Joe Burrow on the Bengals completely shutting out and shutting down the Seahawks in the second half in week one and arguably containing San Francisco in week two. So I just hats off to Ray Morris. I think he's a phenomenal coach and a great defensive coordinator. And he deserves respect, I think from Rams fans, which, you know, he hasn't necessarily gotten a lot, which I don't agree with, but I, you know, fans, you can have whatever opinion you want. That's what you're allowed to do. I just think he's shown what a good coach he is based on the talent he has in this roster. But anyway, Back to you on a positives from this game. Yeah, I'm going to flip over to the offensive side. I'm going to say Tutu Atwell had himself a nice game. And he continues to make. He's a real receiver. He's, he's a real receiver. 
Absolutely. You know, we've, we've seen, um, you know, I called them big boy catches, you know, earlier, like maybe, maybe last week. And I'm just going to stop calling that. I'm just going to like, he's, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. Like, not only is a real, real, real receiver who can make plays over the middle, hang on to the ball, you know, not get knocked around, not get injured. Um, but that, uh, you know, that kind of sweet play around the end, um, mm-hmm. man, that was, a, I think that was the first time that I can say that we've seen him at full speed uh, in his career so far. And he yeah. was moving fast. I mean, I think he dove for like, that was like a Jordan from the, uh, the the foul or, yeah the foul line uh, dunk yeah. that he tried to make towards the end zone that was incredible um, and he and he was he was moving along there I, I'm looking forward to next gen stats I want to see exactly what the miles per hour on that were because I don't know what it was but he was looking fast on that so uh, you know you know Cam Akers just traded busted draft pick let's just say that uh, Tutu Atwell has been talked about as a busted draft pick for a long time. Mm-hmm. Not today, not last week, not the week before that. Um, so I'm excited. What I'm excited to see is Puka Nakua healthy, uh, Tutu Atwell, uh, Cooper, Cooper Cup healthy in there. Also some more resurgent Van Jefferson. Uh, see what that uh, quad can do for, for this offense. And that's, that's exciting. Yeah. No, what about you? What are, what are your optimistic takeaways? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I'm overall opposite just the way this team battled. Uh, you know, the culture's right with this team. I think we didn't see that necessarily last year. And, you know, you could blame injuries or, or a number of things for last year. But, you know, I think that the culture's sound this year. Yeah, they fall to one and two. And we were very optimistic going into this game that they were, strangely enough, the better team, especially with a banged-up Joe Burrow. I thought they could get after him on the defensive line. They weren't really able to interrupt him too much. I thought, you know, kudos to Zach Taylor for for – getting the ball out of hand out of Joe Burrow's hand very quickly. I mean, Joe Burrow, we didn't really talk about this in the preview, but I guess has been known for having a very quick release. One of the, one of the tops, the NFL and getting the ball out quickly. And they definitely, definitely leaned into that in this one to alleviate the pass rush. And, you know, the Rams got home a couple times with Aaron Donald and, and uh, Byron young with half a sack there. But, um, you know, I, I just think this, the way this team battled is a big positive and, you know, an away game, tough place to play at a, I don't think it's called Paul Brown Stadium anymore. What is it? Paycor Stadium, I saw. Paycor. Yeah, that's the one. Paycor. Paycor Stadium, but, you know, tough environment. And, you know, they 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 were in the game the whole time. They were battling. I think Stafford, you know, didn't have his best game. Obviously, two interceptions in this one. Got the one touchdown late. But, you know, he, he just showed his toughness. You know, sacked six times, as you mentioned, and was hurt a lot more. And, and there were some misthrows there and whatnot, but but at least he he showed his mental toughness, showed his physical toughness, and this team obviously you know knows who their their leader is and rallied around him. So, you know, I, I for me the big positive out of this one was more of a I guess a invisible positive, if you will. There wasn't a, a huge intangible leap. yeah intangible there you go there wasn't a huge leap forward in what i saw on the field there wasn't a huge leap backward on what i saw on the field there's more of you know in terms of positivity it was just like okay we know this team is built to last in every game like will they win eight nine ten games that's to be seen now we're one and two but will they be in every single game regardless of the opponent? I think we can say through three weeks, yes. Like, I don't care who you put out against this Rams team. They're going to battle and they're going to be competitive every one, which they weren't last year. 
So I think that is a huge improvement. And that is kind of what a lot of people wanted to see this team do. And then now it's just making those little adjustments to where they, those battles and those, that culture and that drive to win turns into wins. And, you know, that probably starts with the running game, but I don't want to get back into that after we spent 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and, and that's the biggest reason I've been critical tonight, uh, focusing kind of on the negatives is this is one that they should have, they should have got, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Dante Brown, I, 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 I can see why Cam could have wanted to leave. McVeigh will not run the ball. Yeah, I, you know, I think the, yeah, I mean, I, we can't really harp on, harp on it anymore. We're, they're heading to Indianapolis. Um, that, that'll be an interesting matchup, uh, whether mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson plays or not. We'll get more into that. Um, but yeah, I think, um, my big takeaway is that this team is not the tanking team that some people thought it was going to be. It's not the team full of nobodies that, it, that, it, that people thought it was that they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are kind of the games that happen with this, this kind of team where, um, you know, there's no, there's no Jalen Ramsey, but I was thinking about it, you know, like you mentioned Ernest Jones and Jordan Fuller, those guys yeah. are not high drive draft picks. Um, three and six. Yeah. And they're, and six. they're, they're, they're really good players. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, great culture but, guys, great leaders. Yeah. It's impressive. That, that, yeah. that's, all I, that, that's all I have to say about that as uh, Forrest Complex is, uh, is yeah. you know, this is, this is, but, here's a reassurance Rams fans. You're following a, an incredible franchise who's smart, does the right things. Uh, last couple of years, last year and this year are going to be tough pills to swallow, but um, you know, at least you're not the Chicago Cubs as I used to say. Yeah. Yeah, or or the Chicago Bears now. I mean, they're the new the Chicago Cubs. I mean, the Bears are. Whew. Yeah, thank God you're not that. Like, if, if Sean McVay was, and and this is what, maybe this is a poor comparison, but if you're dating someone and you've got like the perfect girl, right? Like all the things, the looks. Uh, she's great with your family. Um, she's fun. She wants to watch football on Sundays. Like all these great things but she loves the shop. Like that's the one downside, right? And you have to live with that. And that's kind of Sean McVay with not running the football. It's just that one thing, like all these things are great. Like he's a culture guy. He's a leader. He he knows offense. He, he can run a great scheme. Just doesn't want to run the football. It's like that one little thing you got to accept that we've seen now. And, you know, can you buck that trend? Well, we haven't seen it in a few years. We'll see if he does. The last question, though, I do want to ask you, Skinny T, before we wrap this up. Are you surprised at all that Ben Skoranek has not been more involved in the offense? You know, here's a guy that, you know, in the Super Bowl season, because the Rams were just down, you know, no Robert Woods, OBJ got injured, like had significant plays in the Super Bowl. And then here we are with a team that, you know, doesn't have any name recognition at receiver. Obviously, Pukunakua has been fantastic. Tutu Atwell, as we've talked about, has been fantastic. But Ben Skronik really has not been involved almost whatsoever in this offense. Does that surprise you at all, or is it more of just uh, other guys stepping up? I'm of uh, 
I'm of, of a few different thought patterns for this, and I obviously have no idea what what they're thinking over there in the Rams land. But um, a couple things come to mind: is he should be getting more. He, you know, he bit the bullet and 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 went into battle last year. Did everything this team asked. Uh, was one of the few bright shining spots. So they should find some things for him to do. They should. I mean, they. Yeah. I think they owe him some playing time. Um. So, other, you know, but. On the other hand, you have to earn your playing time on this team, especially in the wide receiver room. They brought in Tyler Johnson. They brought in uh, Demarcus Robinson. Those guys aren't even get, getting playing time. And yeah. in some ways, those guys are probably more accomplished. Well, certainly Demarcus Robinson is more accomplished receiver. Hey, they, you know, they all have Super Bowl rings, so what do I know? Yeah, <laughs> fair. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that his his particular physicality i think is something that this team could use that i think that's the my kind of my last thought on that whole thing what what are i mean your 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 mind's churning on a little bit more than mine no i just think it's interesting that you know if you i think the reason he was i don't want to say kept on this roster but the reason why he was given a a 53 man roster spot like a starting spot was for his versatility. And, you know, we talked to the off season was, was his versatility, his Jack of all trades going to cost him a roster spot. Like maybe they would go for having more specific style receivers. You have these tight ends, you have your running backs and he kind of fit into all three of those, but was he good enough to make the roster? And clearly he was, and yet then they're not using him at all. Whether that be like last year where they line him up at fullback or tight end or whatever it may be. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm curious if, you know, if they've changed their kind of thought process and what he can be in this offense, or if they don't see a fit, or maybe it's just Stafford's, you know, looking the other way. And like, he's just falling in love with Tutu and Puka Nakua. And, and that's kind of what this offense is going to be until Cooper cup gets back and, and whatnot. And, you know, I'm not saying that's the wrong thing because obviously those guys have played fantastic, but it just gives you another layer to this offense when you have, that versatility that Skoranek gives you. You have the versatility that Kyron Williams gives you. And yet this offense has just looked so one dimensional these last, I wouldn't even say these last three weeks, but they, they, this last, this particular game against the Bengals. So they just look so one dimensional. And so you have these different varieties of skill sets with these different players that I just, I would love to see coach McVay with his genius utilize them in a way that, can be fun and innovative and push this offense forward instead of just dropping back 40 times and, and telling Stanford to hit Stafford to hit a dig route or a crosser route. Like that's all I I'm curious about. Yeah. Two, two thoughts on that. Just real quick. Like, uh, I mean, Stafford does have a tendency to find his guy, you know, obviously Cooper yeah. cup has been that in the past. And then now, um, Puka Nakua is that Cooper cup and Puka Nakua. That's like, that's a fun uh, sentence to say there. Just those two names back to back. It's a, it's a, that's a mouthful that it, it feels good. <laughs> I mean, it, it flows easy. Like 
like Puka Cup and and Cooper Nakua, like they both just flow easy. If you just yeah. switch the names, and I, I I like I had to like pause for just a millisecond in my brain to like make sure I was saying the right name, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. You know, he's, he's, he finds his guys um, and kind of doesn't deviate from that. Uh, as of last week, anyway, forty around 40% of the targets were going to Puka Nakua. Last year it was 33%. Um, which well, and, be- I don't want to cut you off, but I'm going to. Even <laughs> last year, remember, after Stafford was traded here, like Robert Woods was non-existent. That was a big conversation. Like, yeah. like uh, is he going to throw the ball to Robert Woods? So anyway, just bring that up, but continue on. Yeah. And, you know, so that happens. But I also think that uh, one of the things that has always been a staple of the McVay offense is you trot the same guys out there. Uh, It's the the illusion of complexity, as as he always likes to call it. You never know what those guys are going to do because they always show up in the same formation. Um, They, you know, they move them around in a couple of different spots and run a whole bunch of different plays out of them. And so, um, you know, like. I think to your point, I think it would be worth it to, you know, mix it up a little bit at this point and say, you know, what is Demarcus Robinson going to do out there? What is, uh, you know, uh, Ben Skoranek going to do out there uh, when they're on there? And the defense has got to be guessing at that, especially with a guy like, with uh, a guy like uh, Ben Skoranek, just because you can put him in the backfield, shift him out to the side. Uh, do that San Francisco thing. And, you know, we saw that with Jamar Chase too tonight. Um you know, he was in the backfield and he was in the slot. They moved him around a whole bit, a whole bunch. So, um, you know, maybe that's a, a the ace in the sleeve that McVay has, hopefully. Um, you know, we've seen him take a, a, a dip kind of as we head through October into November in previous seasons. So hopefully he's he's got some more cards up his sleeve. So yeah, maybe Skoranek is uh, one of the one of the cards. Yeah, we'll see if that shifts. So, um, well, with that being said, uh, I know this was a a more downer live, obviously coming off a loss, nineteen to sixteen. But I think the um, you know I, I still feel confident this Rams team is is light years ahead of where everyone thought they were this off season. And you know this was a game, unfortunately, they got away from them. I think they should have won. I think they played good enough in most facets of this game to win and uh, escape Cincinnati two and one and going into Indianapolis, you know, a team that, you know, I think has surprised people as well, but they could have surprised as well and gone to three and one, but you know, we'll try to fight back to 500. I still feel good about where this team is overall and, and we'll see kind of how they improve. So skinny, any other uh, final thoughts before we wrap up here? Just want to say next three games, Indy Eagles, Cardinals, you know, you can come out of that three and two. Definitely. Yeah, no, I think so. And, you know, the Cardinals are, are playing hard for, for John Gannon and, you know, they're, they got that big win against the Cowboys, but you know, we know Sean McVay's owned the Cardinals as uh, his entire career. So hopefully that's a good one, but anyway, we're not going to get ahead to that tough loss in Cincy. Thank you all for hanging out with us. You know, still a lot of positives around this team. We'll be back later in the week, obviously talking more Rams football, talking Rams Colts coming up one of our favorite venues in all of uh, the NFL uh, at Lucas oil. And uh, we got a slippery noodle, baby. The slippery noodle. So we'll talk some stories about Indianapolis and, uh, and plenty more on the LA football network with your Rams coverage. So thank you all for hanging out with us. This is the Rams skinny for Ryan skinny T Anderson. I'm Ryan Darrett. Everyone have a great evening. 
We'll talk to you all soon.